What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Around the NBA, a podcast where I give my thoughts on the latest news, transactions, teams, and players across the league. So the first topic of discussion is a topic that I did not even believe had to be had. (laughs) I didn't believe this is something that needs to be discussed, but apparently it does. So this has been something that I've seen surface within the last week or so on social media. Why? I do not know. I don't know who was the originator of this discussion, of this question. Whoever you are, it needs to stop. <laughs> and I'm and I'm being dead serious, partially. Okay. And to those of you who agree on a certain side, you need to stop as well. Okay. So the topic of discussion is, or that I've been seeing surface is, if James Harden wins a ring this year, will he surpass Dwayne Wade as an all-time great shooting guard? Which then, therefore, would surpass him on the all-time great list. And like I said, I don't know why this is something to even be discussed. I am here to tell you that there is no discussion to be had. And I'm going to tell you why. If James Harden wins a ring this year, great, he won a ring. However, it took him, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Blake Griffin to win a ring. Now, I know what a lot of you are going to say. Well, didn't Dwayne Wade have LeBron James and Chris Bosh to win two rings? And I would say, yes. I mean, he did have LeBron James and Chris Bosh. However, I don't know if people forget or maybe they were just too young to remember or you know just too young to recall Dwayne Wade's 2006 NBA Finals performance but I'm here to tell you it is one of the greatest finals performances of all time now I know some of you might be like well he had Shaq on that series didn't he he had Shaq on that in that ring yes Remember, this was 2006, so this is a few years removed from L.A. Lakers Shaq. Now, it's not, it wasn't a huge drop-off, right? It was still Shaq. He wasn't the same Shaq, but, I mean, he was still able to produce and be effective and be a very good Robin to Dwayne Wade's Batman, okay? So, I'm not saying Dwayne Wade didn't have help. However, his performance was still amazing and spectacular, the Miami Heat were actually down two games to zero on that series. And they came back and they won four straight because of Dwayne Wade. Okay? Because of Dwayne Wade. He had one of the most clutch performances of all time, let alone finals. All right. So there's that. On the other hand, we have James Harden, who tends to disappear when the lights shine brightest. The biggest game that, that stands out to me was Game 7, 2018, Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. The Rockets were up three games to two. They lose Game 6 because they didn't have Chris Paul. Game 7, again, they didn't have Chris Paul. Game 7, James Harden shoots 41% from the field and he shoots 15% from the three. He shot like two for 13 from three-point line. And he shot 41% from the field. That is awful. 
He had, I think, like five, six assists. He had like five turnovers. He didn't play great. He didn't play great. The Rockets still only managed to lose by, I believe, like nine points. It was like 102 to 91 or 93 or something like that. So it was relatively close. But had he won that game and had the Rockets went on to the finals, got Chris Paul back, and had they won that finals, right, and say James Harden stepped up in games either six or seven to lead them to the finals, and then he stepped up in the finals and led them to a ring. Maybe we could be having this discussion, right? If he wins a ring now with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, maybe. But that didn't happen. It didn't happen. I'm now I'm going to give credit to James Harden because he has been playing great with the Nets and he's been there. There, I believe he's their X factor because he's their main ball handler. He's a distributor of this team. He is their floor general, and he's been playing great at it. He leads the league in assists, which is to some people might come easy because he's got Kyrie and Kevin Durant. To me, it's not that easy when you got players like Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving who always need the ball in their hands to be as good as they are. So I'll give him credit for that. And when it comes to offense. I would say, yeah, James Harden, James Harden might be one of, I mean, he's definitely one of the greatest pure scorers we've ever seen. One of the best pure shooting guards, you know, scoring shooting guards we've ever seen. So offensively, yeah, I might give him the nod over Dwayne Wade. Now, Dwayne Wade has him. He was, I think Dwayne Wade was a better post player. He was a better mid-range shooter. You know, I think Harden has better handles. He's just a better three-point shooter. He's a better scorer in general. He can, he can drive. So did. So did Dwayne Wade. Dwayne was able to drive. But I think what what separates Harden from Wade was or is his distributing factor, how good he is at passing. And you can see it with the Nets. He's leading the league and with like a little over 11 assists a game. You know, that wasn't Dwayne Wade's role or task. But I don't think even if that was his role or task, he could have really accomplished that. You know, not as not as good as James Harden. So I think offensively, I would give the nod to James Harden. But... My issue with today's NBA fans, a lot of them are, or is, that they forget that there are two sides to the ball. There's two sides of the game of basketball. There's more to basketball than just scoring. People love players like James Harden. People love players like Kyrie Irving because they're really good scorers. People love players like Bradley Beal because they're scorers, which there's always been volume scores in this league you know the island iversons the tracy mcgrady's the kobe bryant's they're all great scores but not all of them are good defenders and to me to me defense is super valuable so Dwayne wade is a much much better defender than james harden there's no question however james harden is capable of being that defender so my biggest knock on him is that he can't defend my biggest knock on him, he chooses not to defend. Because his time in Oklahoma City, he was a very good defender. A lot of people forget that when he was in Oklahoma City, they actually switched him on to Kobe on big moments, like in the playoffs. He actually played defense on some of these tougher players that were tough to guard. Once he got to Houston, that changed. I don't know if it was because he became the main ball handler or he was their main guy. He decided to reserve his energy on offense, which I get, but it's not an excuse there are great players in this league that play on both sides. You got Jimmy Butler. You have uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, LeBron James did it. Dwayne Wade did it. 
Kobe Bryant did it. Um, and um, today's day, I mean, Paul George, as much as people criticize him, he plays both offense and defense. It can be done. So just because even Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant has developed into a very good defender. Uh, Clay Thompson. I mean, there's very good players out there that play both offense and defense. Just because you're their main ball handler, just because you are this you know all around great offensive talent doesn't mean you get to slack off on defense so that's my biggest knock on James Harden and why I would not I cannot put him above Dwayne Wade after one ring especially the ring being coming alongside Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant it just it just can't be done Dwayne Wade was a better all-around player better all-around I believe leader um, he was one of the biggest reasons why LeBron James became the LeBron James of today mentally. Before he got there, LeBron James didn't have that championship mentality, that it factor that we saw in like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan just come naturally, right? And even LeBron, I wouldn't say he has it fully to their extent, but he developed that because of Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade gave him that championship mentality. So I believe Dwayne Wade has been LeBron James's greatest teammate because of that i know anthony davis might be his most talented you can say that i don't believe so that's a that's another topic for another day there's another discussion for another day i'm not going to get into that however i will say Dwayne wayne has been his best and greatest teammate so to me i cannot put james harden's one ring if he even wins, he hasn't even won but if he wins i cannot put that one ring over Dwayne wade's three especially Dwayne wade's one ring in 2006. I just cannot have it, it cannot happen. I cannot do that. So, again, it's not a discussion that needs to be had. Shouldn't be happening to those of you who think James Harden would be surpassing Dwayne Wade with his one ring. You need to stop. Stop it. Your basketball card should be revoked. And I would highly recommend you go on YouTube or on NBA TV, get their cheapest package, and just look up. Dwayne Wade 2006 NBA Finals performances. Watch all of them. Watch all six games. After that, come back to me and tell me if you believe that James Harden would surpass Dwayne Wade after one ring. If you still believe that, well, then I don't know what else to tell you other than you're wrong and stop disrespecting Dwayne Wade. <laughs> So my next topic of discussion may only be relevant to a certain group of people, <laughs> particularly if you are in Chicago, Chicagoland area, or if you're just a Bulls fan in general. The topic is surrounding Zach Levine's future in Chicago. So seeing how the trade deadline is approaching here soon um, and seeing how much his stock has risen, there has been rumors that... People may be um, in discussion with the Bulls and seeing how available he may be and how open the Bulls are to trading him, right? So I see a lot of comments and rumors saying the Bulls should trade him, the Bulls shouldn't trade him, his stock is really high, they should get something for him while they can. Um, he may not be somebody that they see as a centerpiece to develop around for a championship contender, etc., um, etc., I am here to discuss as a Bulls fan, but some of you may not really care <laughs> if you're not a Bulls fan, right? So what 
I feel the Bulls should do is they should keep him. The Bulls should definitely build around him or at least use him as a piece for the future. I mean, he's really young. He's only like 25 years old. He has really put in the work. He's really developed into something pretty nicely. I mean, I follow him on social media, on Instagram, and on the offseason. You can definitely see he puts in the work. And what's great about it is you actually see it on the court. You see it on the floor. You see the hard work and dedication that he's put into his game, his craft, and you see it on the floor. Um, and it's proved, and he's proving it. He mean he made his first All Star game this year. He is number six, I believe. Yeah, he's number six in uh, scoring in the league right now. Hopefully, he can crack the top five before the season ends. He's been on a tear within like the last five six games. I think he's averaging like a little over thirty points a game. And like over 50% from the field. He's shooting lights out from three. He just dropped 40 points to three quarters the other day. On Monday, I believe. Or Monday, yeah, I believe. Or Tuesday um, against Oklahoma City. So, I mean, he's really developed into something kind of nice offensively. You know, for someone who has been known for mostly playing above the rim. A high flyer. A dunker type of player. Um... His offensive skills have really have really developed, um, and it's really nice to see. I mean, he can really shoot. He's a great scorer. Um, I mean, I think there's still things he can work on, but as far as scoring-wise, I mean, he's got a great jumper. He really gets up there on his jump shot, so it's kind of hard to defend. He's shown that he's clutch. He can make some big-time shots and big-time moments. Um yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed watching him play this year. He's definitely grown on me since we got him. I was a little disappointed and hurt when the Bulls traded Jimmy Butler for him. Not that because, I mean, not because I didn't believe in him, but just because I was a huge Jimmy Butler fan and I still am. I love Jimmy. He's my favorite player in the league. <laughs> um, just because of his mentality and the type of player he is. So I love Jimmy. So it sucked seeing him be traded. But it's nice to see Levine develop into something kind of nice himself, right? So, I mean, I never had anything against Levine. I never thought it was a bad trade or, you know, I mean, I guess back then I did see it as a bad trade, not because of what we acquired, but simply because we let go of my favorite player. So <laughs> I was being a little biased. I was a little hurt. So it had nothing to do with Jimmy or excuse me, with Zach. I had nothing to do with, with Levine's and what his talent was. I didn't really know what his uh, what his ceiling was at that time but now i'm seeing it and it seems like it's pretty good you know the, he's a very very good baller uh, he's a bucket and in today's day i mean you got to have you had you need to have someone that can go out and get you a basket right to win my only thing with him i don't think he's capable of being the number one guy in this team right so i think that's why a lot of people may be open to hearing trade talks or as a fan be willing to see if the bulls uh, can find a piece that they can really build around that can be the number one guy um, for the future. Because I don't think Levine is that, right? I think he's a great number two guy, though. He's a He can be that person that you, you know, he's a great spot-up shooter. He can create his own shot. He's definitely one of those players that you want, that you can win with. You really can. Defensively, he needs to work on it a little bit. I wouldn't say he's a liability on defense, but... He he isn't necessarily the greatest defender either, right? He's average. He's solid. 
Um, but if he can really develop his defensive game, I think he can he can be uh, he can he can become the number one guy. I just don't see that in him, right? I I don't know if he has the intangibles, especially with with the way this team is developed, with the way the current roster is set up. Now, if he got some other pieces, if he got like a a, a I mean, Kobe White is good. Kobe White is solid. He's still young. Right, if Kobe White can become a kind of like a a Trey Young type of player, where he's very you know he I mean he's very good at creating his own shot, but if he can hit those shots consistently, he can average twenty two, twenty three, twenty four a game, as as long as he's averaging over twenty points a game, and Levine's averaging his twenty eight, twenty seven to thirty. I mean, they can make some real noise in the Eastern Conference. They really can. I really like the the player that they drafted and Patrick Williams. He's got some really good intangibles. He's a very good defender. He's very efficient. Um, so I think they have good pieces on this roster. My biggest question marks are our bigs and Laurie Markkinen and, and um, Wendell Carter. Markkinen, I think he's a very solid player. He could be a very good number three, number four option behind a Levine, behind a White. And if Patrick Williams can develop into a solid score, yeah, marketing can fit into that. However, I think they they are a couple of pieces away from winning, right? So when I say Levine isn't capable of, you know, being the number one guy, I don't think he's capable of being the number one guy with the current with the way the current roster stands. I think I'm trying to think of a player out there that would be beneficial for them to to acquire that can kind of be the number one guy and have Levine. You know, he could be like a you can have like a A1 and a and a uh you know, like a 1A and a 1B type of thing, type of situation, right? Um that can possibly work, right? It doesn't have to be a straight number one guy like it doesn't have to be a batman and a robin you can have a captain america and an iron man right so it's not a huge drop off but they're right there and if kobe white develops into that i mean you have something you have something there otherwise yeah you may have to acquire something i can't even think of a player right now that can fit well in this team uh but maybe in the draft you know you know who knows i can't even think of something of a player right now but I think, you know, Kobe White is young, so he still has time to develop. Levine is there. I mean, he's just hitting his prime. He's only 25 years old. He's really young. I think the Bulls should keep him, build around him, see what they, you know, what what more we can get with him. Billy Donovan has been great this year. Um, so, yeah, I think they just rolled the dice. I mean, I'm, as a Bulls fan, I'm tired of rebuilds. I'm tired of restarting. So to see him be traded to kind of, rebuild again you know when you already have he's a he's a proven all-star right you already have an all-star so to trade him to try to build up again would just be would be you know frustrating as a fan to say the least and it would take us about another four or five years just to get to where we're at right now so i i think that's a bad idea i think they build around levine williams and white maybe even marketing Marketing to someone is definitely tradable in my opinion. 
depending on what you can get from him. But with with those three guys, with those three guys as your core, I think you can develop something nice here and there in Chicago. I don't live there. So I was going to say here, <laughs> I don't live in Chicago. I'm just from Chicago and I'm a huge Bulls fan. But point is, keep Levine, develop around him, try to build a championship team. They kind of have something solid going right now. We'll see in a, maybe in a year or two how this chemistry continues to grow and build. And I think that you can have something nice there in Chicago with Levine at the helm. Again, I don't think he's necessarily an, an A1 player like a Kawhi or a LeBron or a Jason Tatum or a Luka type of player, Embiid, Giannis type of player. But, I mean, he's definitely, um, you know, kind of like, second tier third tier esque level type of player because second tier would put you know uh i mean damian Lair would be tier one but tier two would probably be like a clay thompson a devin booker um uh jalen brown so i don't know if levine's there yet but he definitely he definitely isn't within that mix right bradley beal type of players mccollum cj mccollum type of players He's in that mix. He's in that bunch. So I don't think he's... He may be tier 3, possibly tier 2. Definitely not tier 1. So if you can get him another tier 2-esque type of player, if Kobe White develops into that or Patrick Williams develops into that, you have definitely something really nice there um, with the Bulls. So so you keep him, continue to develop what you have, and see where it takes you. Right? Because, I mean, he's about as promising as we've had within the last couple of years since Jimmy. And then before that was Derek. But not to get too <laughs> depressing on the show with Derek Rose and Jimmy Butler and what could have been. But yeah, keep Levine, develop, see where it takes you. Who knows? Maybe we could be holding a championship in about five years. Or not because it's Chicago. <laughs> Either way, see red, baby. That is it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe on wherever you're listening from. Please go follow on TikTok and Instagram at Around the NBA, which is all one word, underscore podcast. You can leave your questions and topic ideas there, and they may end up on the show. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys next week.